Good morning, everyone. I trust you are well by the grace of God. Like you, I have no idea when we will meet at TLC. But one thing I know, we just can't wait to see each other and uh, to make some nice comments about how good everybody looks and that the curves are flattened, hips have been aligned, and on and on the excited chirpings will go. While we are apart, I trust there will be some great internal changes taking place in our lives. This season must bring with it both external and internal positive changes in our lives. Those changes would mean that God is working with us so that His image will be evident both on an internal and external dimension. I have entitled this message Divine Separation and it is in a condensed form. So that would demand that you do some study on this topic on your own. But let me start this recording by stating that the Father dearly loves the Son and discloses to Him everything that He Himself does. And He will disclose to Him the Son greater things yet than these, so that you may marvel and be full of wonder and astonishment, not only in the lives of others, but in your own life. This portion of scripture is taken from John 5.20. Family, I'm currently reading the book of Jeremiah, and I am amazed that this book is speaking to the church today. If we as a church don't get it right, the result is both dreadful and scary. The prophet, speaking under the anointing, asked the question, What kind of fig are you, good or bad? That question is for the church today. Is the church a basket with good figs, or is it a basket with bad figs? Our desire must be that we are a basket of good figs. Therefore, I would encourage you to read Jeremiah 24 and study the properties of figs for your own edification. A few days ago, I spent some time reading chapter 16 and 17 of the book of Jeremiah, and I will record two of these verses after having listened to Rosh's teaching on the perfect heart, and then base these verses on one of the parables spoken by the Lord Jesus himself. But first, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it? Who can perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind? Verse 10, I the Lord search the mind. I try the heart, God is speaking, even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. This portion of scripture reveals the dichotomy of the heart, but it screams at us to keep it perfect because it is subject to scrutiny by the Lord himself. I ask the question, not only to you, and ask myself the question, has your heart, has my 
heart been tried during this period? And the answer would be yes. He's searching our hearts. This question must inform us that our focus is not about COVID-19 or any other sickness or disease, but our focus is the Lord himself. And we must not give the virus too much of mileage. Remember, God is judging our hearts with the intention of helping us. It would be prudent for us to read these two chapters to find out why God would use the heart as the designated space for separation, the pure heart from the impure. The heart is where heaven and earth are either one or disconnected or separated. You should be able to work that out quite easily after listening to the message Rosh posted on the perfect heart. God has, to, has this to say in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 17. My, for my eyes are on all their ways, so nothing is hidden. They are not hidden from my face. Neither is the iniquity concealed from my eyes. God knows everything. This, for the church of Jesus Christ, is a time of forensic audit, introspection, and repentance lest we become discarded or separated from his divine presence. Again the question, what kind of fig are you? Now let us go to the parable where Jesus is making a comparison and is taken from Matthew chapter 13, which is the parable of all parables. And I'd like to read from verses 47 to 51. And as I read, I will explain a few things. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. Net, a space, a domain, a heart condition that was cast or exposed into the sea of humanity and gathered of every kind, every aspect of human life, which when it was full, they, the angels or messengers, drew or dragged to the shore and sat down and gathered the good into the vessels the appointed place for an appointed time, but cast the bad away. Separation. So shall it be at the end of the age. The angels shall come forth. They are already at work. And sever the wicked, the worthless, from among the just. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. It's important furnace of fire. There shall be wailing, regret, lamentation. Yes, we need to regret if we've taken wrong decision and possibly lived badly. And gnashing of teeth. And that will bring to attention that we are being rebuked. Jesus said unto his disciples or said unto them, have you understand all these things? They said, they say unto him, yes, Lord. That question is now posed to us, the church. Have you understand or understood all these things? Our response must be, yes, Lord. So it is not about COVID-19, but the judgment of God. Please don't lose your focus, especially at this time. Whatever God has laid upon your heart, I encourage you, do it. Don't let the virus determine what needs to be done. Do it immediately. Don't wait for 
the virus to come to an end, then you will do what God is telling you to do. Whatever God is placing upon your heart, do it now. There must not be any time to waste. There are two ways of looking at this parable uh, from Matthew chapter 13. When the kingdom of heaven, the net is cast or exposed into the sea of humanity, there will be an amazing collection of people in it. Let's have a look. And we will examine both the external and internal views that are operating simultaneously in the kingdom of heaven. Let's look at the first view. First, the angels or messengers who are the genuine fishes of men, not the counterfeit, will bring all these ones to a higher place, understanding that the shore is higher than the water level, where uh, people have been hiding, or aspects of their lives they've been hiding. These chosen messages will then sit down, they will be at a place where they are resting in the Lord and begin their work of dividing and separating. And they are led by the Spirit. The good and the just can in no way be together with the wicked or worthless for too long. Hence, they have to be separated. The kingdom of heaven is the full harvest expression of the incorruptible seed of Christ which is placed within us. So nothing worthless must be there. Nothing impure must be there. Nothing wicked must be there. It's being cut out and removed. There is a fire that God is. And he will see that the worthless are changed as a result of the fire. Therefore, some people will have to go through the fire. These chosen messengers who are doing the separation have already gone through such dealings in their own lives. For they are able to rest in their calling and carry out the instruction of Father God. All carnal and religious dross will be consumed by God because God is a consuming fire. Fire simply changes the state of that which is placed in it. As it is impossible to separate the person from their thinking and characteristics derived from such thinking, one is thus drawn to the second revelation of this parable. I hope you've caught the first uh, explanation. Now let's look at the second view, which comes from the fact that the kingdom of heaven is within us. And this parable declares that there is a separating work being carried out in us, so that all our thinking that stems from a carnal religious mind, a worldly mind, and a sense-oriented mind can be separated from the thoughts originating in the mind of Christ, which we have. Such negative thoughts of unbelief are not compatible with the thinking stemming from the indwelling Holy Spirit. Therefore, it has to be separated. This separating work being carried out in each of us by the Lord is essential for a full manifestation of the kingdom of God here on the earth. God uses chosen messengers to bring the right cutting word that first brings us to the higher ground and then removes all worthless thinking from our beings which have been hiding along with our just thoughts. I hope you've got the picture. Therefore, 
be cooperative with the Spirit of God and revenge any disobedience as an act of emergency and importance. Because the time is short. Your life and those of others depend on the choice you make today, the choice you make now. There is no place for delay. There is no place for procrastination. Don't put anything in the back burner. Do it now. Thus, the full expression of the kingdom will be seen in the just and good aspects of life, which is Christ's life in us, in you. And in this way, his purposes will be exposed, revealed and disclosed to others. This is serious work. For nothing from our carnal religious minds can be alongside the pure word of God in the kingdom of heaven. The separation has started and we must not be found wanting. We must let go of certain things in our lives which are contaminating the good things that are in our lives. Remember, as a man thinks, so is he. We are being changed from glory to glory into the image of his Son. Jesus Christ is the template. There is no other or better template than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Do you understand all this? Asked Jesus of you. And our response must be, yes, Lord. And we are willing to cooperate with you. We, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, must become the catalyst of change wherever we find ourselves. Because people are not only listening to us, they are watching us. And how we conduct ourselves is going to be so important in this season. So, in closing, I'm asking you, what kind of fig are you? What kind of figs are we? Even the fig leaves, which we use as masks, must be removed. There is no time for fig leaves. Because our motto is transformed by divine design. God bless you and your household as you live, move, and have your being in Christ. God bless you. Amen. Greetings and God bless you, family. I have just completed a series of teachings on the perfect heart. In fact, we looked at seven different facets of what a perfect heart would look like. I want to start sharing a little more on mastery over the human heart because I'm absolutely certain the question will arise in everyone's heart. How can we walk with the seven facets that constitute a perfect heart? Everybody wants a perfect heart. Not one of us would want to fall short or have anything less than a heart that is perfect and a heartbeat that beats exactly like the heartbeat of God. I guess the only way to walk in all seven facets of the perfect heart would be through the Holy Spirit, who actually carries the blueprint of a perfect heart. And of course, the Word of God 
that brings the enlightening of who the Holy Spirit really is, how He represents God, and how our hearts need to reflect the heart of God. Now, the question will also arise, why must the Melchizedek order, a priest-king order, in this season that is arising in the earth, manifest a perfect heart? What is the issue behind the perfect heart and the Melchizedek order? I believe that God wants to reorder the whole of creation. And he's going to reorder the creation from the heart. For everything that the mouth speaks or that the body will carry out actually comes from the heart. The heart is the carrier of the presence of God. Now we also know that whatever we are seeing in the earth today, all kinds of prejudices. Prejudice against the female gender. Prejudice against racial groups. Prejudice against the poor. All of these prejudices, they actually come from the heart. There is a blueprint that has been sown in the human heart that has caused mankind to think inferior of some people and superior of others, setting yourself up above others and hoping that you are better than others. Therefore, if God is going to reorder the creation, then he's going to have to reorder the heart first so that the creation can then be reordered. Now, I also want to say that we will not be able to topple the ungodly, unrighteous, demonic principles that exist in the hearts of men and women unless we topple them first in our own hearts. We will not have the strength or the power to deal with it in somebody else unless we can first topple it in our own hearts. So when we get the victory in our own hearts, we will have the authority and the right to topple and dismantle every prejudice, every ungodly, unrighteous, demonic principle in the world that rules the hearts of men and women. Now we read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verses 1 to 2, very interesting scripture. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the hearts. So we may think that we are right because of our belief system. We may think that we are accurate because of lifestyles. But the Bible says that God ponders the heart of a man. That's where he's going to judge. That's where he's going to look. That's where he's going to assess anyone. And he says, if you are called to be part of a kingly company, a Melchizedek order on the earth, a kingdom people, then your heart is in the hand of God. And like rivers of water, he's going to cause it to turn the way he wants to. 
See, when we give ourselves to God and we allow him full access to our lives, to our hearts, then God will start to move our hearts the way he wants to. He'll allow the water flow in the direction that he wants. We won't stop it, and that's wonderful. And that's what we need to do, allow God access into our hearts so that he can move our hearts the way he wants to. It would be good to see how God views the human heart that is fallen and why he promises us a new heart and a new spirit. The possibility is that heart of the fallen human nature cannot be repaired. That's why God's giving us a brand new heart. He's not reviving Adam's heart. If I look at the scripture, and I'll read it to you just now, he wants to give us a brand new heart and not revive the old heart. So until we can overthrow that darkness in our hearts and receive a brand new heart, uh, we will not be able to overthrow the darkness in anybody else's hearts. So God has chose to hide his ways of dealing with the powers of darkness by working through the hearts of men. In this way, the enemy had no access. He has no access to what's going on in the heart. We read in Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20, and I will give them one heart. See, it's not going to be a divided heart. I will give them one heart, a perfect heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. Verse 20 says, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. So when God gives us a new heart, that new heart is going to be an obedient heart. That heart is going to keep God's will, purpose, his statutes. We read in Ezekiel 18, 31 to 32, cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed. Make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him, that diet, says the Lord God, wherefore turn yourselves and live. Again, there's a plea in the book of Ezekiel that in order to get rid of these transgressions, you need a new heart. You need a new spirit. Why do you want to die? God does not take pleasure in anyone's death. He's giving us an opportunity to make right. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 28 tells us, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. You shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Once again, plea from God is that we should desire to allow him to give us a new heart and a new spirit. This new heart is actually found in the Spirit of God, in us. 
because the Holy Spirit of God carries the complete identity of God the Father. And we read 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, Nobody knows God better than his own spirit, for he knows the bottomless things of God. He searches the deep things of God because he is the Spirit of God. Nobody knows man better than his own spirit. So here we find that the heart of God or this new heart is in the Spirit of God who lives within us. The Holy Spirit carries the complete identity and blueprint of who God the Father really is. The Word of God is given to us to clarify and illuminate the image of God resident in His Holy Spirit. So when we see the Word, then we realize, hey, the Holy Spirit is carrying this new Word, this new heart. Otherwise, we wouldn't know that. The Word gives us direction as to understand who the Spirit is within us, and to access all of the life, the attributes, the nature, the divine nature, character of God through His Spirit. Once we are enlightened about the image of God, this light displaces any darkness and misconceptions and brings truth. Now, I will share later on as we go along what the transfiguration really is all about. It's an amazing, amazing experience that Peter, James, and John saw on the outside. If it happened in the heart, they wouldn't be able to explain it to us. They had to see it happen on the outside so that they could explain it to us. But we will go to that at a later stage. Now, I want us to look at how God began to view the human heart and how the human heart really fell from grace and from beauty. I believe God gave Adam a beautiful heart and um, that um, anything God made or created, he was happy with. But we know that Adam's heart was uh, messed up and we'll see just now just how badly messed up it really was. But right as early as Genesis 6, 5 to 6, we read, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. So we can see God examines the human heart in Genesis 6 and he says what he saw shocked him. It was just wickedness and every imagination and the thought of man's heart was evil continually. That's when we find that the time of Noah and the flood took place just after that. We read in Deuteronomy 8, 2 to 7, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wilt keep his commandments or not. So we see that God took the Israelites through the wilderness on purpose to humble them. He took them for 40 years to prove what was in their hearts, whether they will keep his commandments or not, whether they will obey him or not. And then he goes on to say in verse 3, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did your fathers know that he might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. 
Your raiment did not wax old upon you, neither did your feet swell these forty years. You shall also consider in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep his commandments, the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. So God had a great plan for the children of Israel. And he purposely allowed their hearts to be exposed, to be tested, to be tried, to be proved, to see what they will say. And when there was no food, they complained. He gave them food from heaven, manna. And he taught them something. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He took care of them. He kept them away from evil beasts. Yes, he chastised them. But we also need to know in this season that God allows us to go through certain difficulties in order to help our hearts to come to the place of exactness. That is why these trials, and that is why Israel went through these major trials in the wilderness. They should have passed that way within a few days, but it took them 40 years in the wilderness. And in that time of that 40 years, they went through many tests. And yes, many of them, perhaps all of them that came out of Egypt failed the test, except for Joshua and Caleb and the children that were born in the wilderness who actually crossed over. Even though the works were finished from the foundations of the earth, they didn't make it simply because they didn't believe God. They murmured, they complained. In this season, let's just be very careful not to murmur, not to complain, not to get angry, not to be bitter, not to be upset with God, because God has a great plan for our lives, for where he's taking us. Let's not miss the mark and be disqualified. I will continue with how God sees the human heart and then we will go on to some new things concerning the heart. God bless you as you prepare each day listening to the word and getting closer to the will and purpose of God. Good afternoon, good afternoon to my Vaughn listeners. A beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon. Lovely weather we are having thus far in the beautiful, beautiful Mother City, Cape Town. The place to be. This is your host, Lady G, or broadcasting on our Vaughn radio station. So I just want to greet all my Vaughn listeners and say I still love you. I still appreciate you. I thank you for tuning in every time. So we are still continuing with the segment teaching on the Holy Spirit and um, uh, Rosh Peterson has been doing a wonderful teaching, reading from a book that she has written, telling us more about the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that she starts from the book of Genesis so that we see the workings of the Holy Spirit. We see who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. So I am just excited, excited as I listen to her, as she reads from a book, uh, as she speaks revelation upon revelation on what the who is the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit means to us. And, you know, he is a person. He is a person. He is our friend. He is not an it. 
he is a person so we are still continuing with that segment as uh rosh continues to to minister and read from a book that she has written the holy spirit i just want to say uh, my listeners i know it's been a long time since i've um I've shared with you what God has laid on my heart, but I've got something that I just want to speak about. Uh, but I thought it's going to be a long segment, so I'm going to do it next week, Monday. So when we see each other on Monday, I'm going to give uh, Rosh a break, and then I will continue from there where I will just minister on what God has laid on my heart. And then we will also be discussing a lot of topics. Uh, it's... um. It, 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 I love being on Von Le radio station. I love chatting to you. And as I always say, thank you for welcoming me into your house, your homes, your cars, into your space, your personal space, wherever you are, as we, we dissect topics, as we continue to discuss. So this is your host, Lady G. I will be back with you guys uh next week monday where i will do a new series but today as it is friday we it's about the, it's the beginning of a new week beautiful week we were a bit worried thinking that it's going to be raining this weekend i'm not sure if this is what the the weather report had predicted but we will hear when the news come on what are they saying so so just enjoy yourself and those who will be traveling you know with traveling being resumed and all people now are going to holidays and all of those things so those who will be traveling may you be safe on the roads may the good lord uh guide you and lead you and when you come back home on sunday may you be in perfect peace and in perfect health so for those who will be traveling and for those who will be like me at home chilling with the family uh enjoying quality time i mean we look forward to the weekend because we're not working those of us who are working and we know that as things are resuming at work going back to normal we are becoming more busier than ever now in our workplaces so some of us we welcome this quality time that we spend with our families being at home and chill uh now i feel like the weekend is it's like a day and a half it's quickly quickly over but we still thank god for that and we thank god for for the gift of life we thank god for the gift of life we are still standing we are still breathing we thank god so many could not see they had plans for the 9th of october but they are not here to see those plans so for those of us who are here to see and execute our plans we say thank you lord we don't take it for granted it is a gift of life it's not because of our wisdom or our skills or whatever we have done that we have been kept healthy and safe some had the coronavirus some have died in accidents a lot of things have happened and we do not take that for granted it's not because of our own wisdom but it's because of god we thank him for his grace and those of us who still have jobs we say thank you lord and we pray that may you god may you bring clarity to the situation you know those who have lost jobs are feeling down feeling depressed a lot of things are going on through their mind and we know looking at the economy that it's not going to be easy you know i was chatting to a friend who is in the hospitality industry and she was saying you know google it's going to take us 
long to recover. We might even recover. Uh, she said next year. And I said, yes. And I feel definitely late next year because I know when we use their venues for trainings and all of those stuff, where before we could book for a hundred people. Now we are limited to numbers, you know, and she was making an example to say, yes, one of our largest place can accommodate 1,500, but because of COVID, we have to cut it to 750. So what does that mean? The, the, the money that is coming in is also cut. And what does that mean for the people who are working there? It means there's still going to be some further job losses. So we just need to pray that may this process be a speedy process so that we will have the total restoration, a speedy recovery in all of this. So uh, as we listen to... Rosh Peterson is she going to be talking to us about the Holy Spirit? I don't want to be long because I don't want to eat up her time. I'm looking at the time. So my time with you, my Vaughn listeners, will be dedicated to you next week where you will have my undivided attention. I thank you for continuing to listen to the Holy Spirit as uh, Rosh Peterson continues to share on what she's written on her book. I love you, my listeners. Thank you.